We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave trolls. I mean, we're recording now, Shar. So I don't know if you want to talk about your port. I will always talk about my port. What do you mean? Can we dock at your port, though? I I would like to not do that. Uh, <laughs> if I'm throwing that out there. And as with every game that I play with you, I live to make it. <laughs> so I'm it's not it. hard to do. Really not, actually. Real easy. There's a reason why I'm a writer and not a performer, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm both. Can I get on her level? I no, I, I would I would like not to do that. Please do not perceive me. I think I'm also an oxymoron because I'm also an introvert, so I don't know why I'm performative. Um, I also have a social battery that runs out very quickly, so everyone's varies though that's a myth of like oh you're introverted and you're extroverted like if we're in the right group i'm having a fucking blast talking to people sure. my thing is i just don't like most people <laughs> so i was like <laughs> <laughs> you have to pass the uh the crucible of my friendship before I, my social battery does not like deplete around you right and even then like sometimes like some of my bestest friends i'm like i'm not today you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> And like they understand though and that's true friendship when like i think i'm pretty sure uh lissa has hit me up before saying hey you want to do something and i'm like i'm i can't i can't people today <laughs> and she knows the thing and that then i say and then i basically just usually say oh i can talk at you you don't have to respond <laughs> <laughs> exactly I never want to talk at anybody. I, I only want to talk if you want to hear what I'm saying. And that's not like, oh, you're not listening. It's just like, listen, I'm going to go on. And I can do that in my own head. So if you're not interested, don't yeah. worry. No skin <laughs> on my back. I'll just talk to myself. Like that. that that's what writing is. <laughs> oh, 100%. That's why we gravitate towards writing is just talking to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I went to a pitch meeting the other day and they were really, really nice. They I was like, what are you looking for? Because this was like more of like a general, not like, uh, oh, I have this project that you want to hear. They were like, oh, we've heard of you. What do you have kind of thing? <laughs> and I told them, I was like, that's my mutant superpower. I can pitch you whatever. So what are you looking for? And it was this really awkward mix of like two different people that are just people pleasers. They're just like, we just want to hear what you have. And I was like, I just want to give you what you want. And, <laughs> and it was so long. Like I've never had such a, a long, like corporate media meeting before. This was like three and a half hours. Most of the time they're like 30 minutes. Oh and it, by the end it was really good like some good stuff came out of it for the but the first hour i was like we are just two awkward people that don't have any sort of authority <laughs> that's really what it came down to is i learned that this person really didn't have any decision making power and he was kind of stalling until somebody who could green light something came on <laughs> and his job and he was like really forthright eventually I was like listen let's just what is this you know and the way that he explained he's like listen my job was to get you talking about something that you're excited about so when the guy comes on that like can actually say here's money to do it you're excited and talking about the cool thing and not trying to sell us something that you think we want I was like oh you could have just fucking said that here like give me money for this 
but uh yeah so that's uh that's on uh corporate media it's so much fun it's so much fun it sounds like yeah it, listen it isn't until they pay you and then you're like well fuck yeah, yeah now we're off to the races let's do this shit <laughs> like i can make up stuff all day like what do you want you want uh you want elves let's do something with elves i don't fucking you pay me enough all right you shit about elves i don't care you don't have to pay me anything to write about elves charday <laughs> <laughs> will pay you if you can write elves i'll pay you if i can write about there are a couple things like that where they're like, so what are you looking for? Uh, and I'm like, I'm looking for you to let me do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want this to have a home. Please pay me. Uh, the shitty part is like in almost any other like work, there's like, well, we'll pay you less. In media, like that is the place where they go, okay, we'll pay you nothing. Like, that's fine. That's fine with us. We're okay with that. <laughs> and there's not a lot of protections unless you're in one of the guilds. So... And then, but to get into the guilds, you have to have a certain amount of work sometimes published. You, uh, the other day you had messaged me, you were like, you were talking about some TV writing stuff and you never replied, but I was like, well, do you like writing for TV? You were just like, no, that's not what this is about. No, I just want to write something. <laughs> but I mean, that's how I got into, that's how I got into like TV writing too, was, um, I had reached out to some representation. They're like, well, you don't have a TV spec script. And I'm like, I'm not a TV writer. They're like, you are now. Get us a TV spec script. We'll submit it this week. <laughs> I love how like most people for the arts in general are like, oh, you're a writer, you write five of these genres, and you're like, no, <laughs> one thing, and they're like, well, you write all this other stuff now, and you're just like, but I'm not, I'm not good at. You do know that like the formatting is different, all this is different. They're like, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> the cool thing though is like. If you if you write novels, it's like well you got to have this kind of format, but it doesn't matter the length. We'll figure out what it is. So if you're submitting that for representation, that's pretty simple. Same thing with like short stories. If you write TV or movie, it's really strict. Like what it needs to look like, how many pages it is. So if you're trying to transition to something like that it's a pretty easy pivot because you have the rules. Now, if you try to go to comic books and you're fucked because there's no rules, it's a fucking wild west. <laughs> they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want it to look like. Every artist is different. Every co company is different. So if you, if you pivot to comic books, it's just like, I don't know, fucking write something, throw it at us. We'll see if we can draw it. Um, so it's a real fun transition. If you go that way, <laughs> uh, don't, uh, there's not a lot of money. in. If you're trying to make money, don't go to comic books. If you want to have fun, go to comic books because you can write whatever. It's beautiful. So many things work in comic books that don't work anywhere else. Just read Superman one time and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it. This is why those movies suck. All right. Anyways, back to important things. Hello and welcome to the Game Trolls Podcast, the only D&D news podcast, TTRPG source material. You come here and we say this is new unless um, you take two weeks off and you got to cover all the news in between like we just did. <laughs> uh i'm really sorry my children were sick there was gigantic winter storms uh school was canceled people were throwing up at me it was uh it was a rough time but we're back thank you for joining us lissa is back stationary i believe at the moment you're not on a plane are you not yet oh perfect well if you don't know lissa is one half of the slovenly trolls lissa how are you doing being stationary I am feeling antsy. You know, it's weird to be stationary and not be doing anything. Yeah, I get that. 
Um, and by get that, I mean I don't. I just sit here at this computer computer desk and write, you know, make stuff up all day. So I guess I do kind of get it. <laughs> Moving on, Charday, the other host of the Slavenly Trolls. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I also apologize if you hear a puppy uh, chewing on a chew toy aggressively behind me. <laughs> I feel like that's like the least like disturbing thing that you've had to give us like context for what's happening on your mic. You know what I mean? Like they're chewing on a chew toy. We might we might not hear too much there. There was it's one time, just- you know. Go ahead. It's not just chewing. It's aggressive. Aggressive chewing. chewing. That's aggressive fair. Chewing. He's very anxious that I'm not giving him attention, and so he's taking it out on his chew toy. <laughs> One time, uh, I got a message later on from Lissa going, "Hey, like, can you stop peeing or whatever you're doing on the mic?" And it was me doing laundry in the background, um, but you just heard like rushing water. So the the dog aggressively chewing is probably fine. Um, and I am your faithful host, Terry Smith, and here. Without further ado is the news. First up is our Bits and Bobs section. Let's talk about all the new games and whatnots that are coming out in the TTRPG space. First up, his daughter of Frankenstein has officially launched its Kickstarter. Uh, Lissa, you sent me this, did you not? Yes, I did. What do you know about Daughter of Frankenstein? It is by Beth the Bard. Woo! It is amazing probably because Beth the Bard can do no wrong I am not biased in my opinion whatsoever um uh 5e compatible narrative TTRPG adventure of mystery classic body horror supernatural science and industrial disaster is that the awesome that you're referring to yes also like look at if you go to the page and you look at these pictures like dark academia steampunk gas lamp fantasy gothic architecture Frankenstein aesthetics like this is this is my jam this is this is this is was basically made for me or people like me the Victorian Promethean myth that is Frankenstein fits so easily into cool artwork so if you combine those two immediately like oh this is gonna sell this is a good ass game you know what I mean and then you get Beth the Bard 5e compatible like these are all good things it's at 54 backers right now 27 days to go $3,781 out of its $10,000 goal. So let's help him get there. Uh, Hopefully we get there because I back this and I would like this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hadn't been able to back anything for a little while. uh, So I had to save up some funds again so I can get back into just randomly throwing money at Kickstarter. Sometimes that project that I've never seen the light of day. I backed a tarot set like nine years ago and I just got the update for it. Wow. <laughs> well, sometimes like it doesn't reach its goal, right? I don't expect those mm-hmm. things, but sometimes it reaches its goal, and then you just never hear from these people again. And you're like, okay, do is there a class action lawsuit going on? Am I going to get this product? What's what's happening? And sometimes there's like, listen, it just takes a long fucking time because I am not a company. I'm one dude who likes mm-hmm. to draw cards. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, that's fine. Like, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, check out Daughter Frankenstein. I got the links to the Kickstarter as well as some additional information there. Uh, I'm excited. We're excited. Go check it out. Next up, we have Oops All Draculas, my favorite cereal. 
<laughs> they're here oops all draculas is live on crowdfunder the first 20 people to purchase a pdf or print copy do so at a discount uh just so you know in case you got excited about that discount is gone uh people have backed Aww. it already uh, but you can still get it at the full price and it's really cool so you can go check that out it's got 124 contributors 20 days left three thousand dollars raised out of the four point five thousand dollar goal so it's really close so if you're excited about the name alone like i was um you still have time to jump in but oops all dracula's was created by the dracula jam 2021 and one of the first games to use the buddy system emphasizing teamwork and found family sometimes called uh a what we do in the shadows simulator oops all dracula's is a ttrpg that can be easily silly or as dark as you choose how to play uh six-sided dice system i'm not going to go super in depth because we already have three other uh what we do in the shadow like games with similar dice mechanics so check out oops all draculas are you two interested in oops all draculas well i know Liz is. again <laughs> <laughs> yes but also um this was illustrated by Katakemi, who is a Finnish illustrator and was working in the TTRPG and video game industry industry. So um Finland plug. <laughs> the the um the the necessary uh Finland plug on every single episode. So glad we have there the obligatory Finland drop. Um but check that out. I'm really I'm really excited. Like I said, there's three other games that have the similar what we do in the Shadows vibe, which is one of my favorite pieces of media ever. So I'm really excited to see these. The problem I have sometimes with some of these like this is meant to be a comedic game is sometimes my friends aren't as funny as the people that perform improv in these things. And which is fine for me, like they're fun, we have fun. I find my friends as funny, but sometimes they don't find themselves as funny and so they don't feel as immersed in the game right it's like when somebody role plays the rogue and rolls for charisma rather than trying to say something charismatic which i think people are more used to in DD. but when you get into these games that are role play heavy and they don't feel as comfortable being that character sometimes i find that dissonance easier to uh to hit on at a table how do you guys feel about the more like improv based role playing games I mean, I, I'm intrigued by them. I've never played a system like that. Um, but I, I would feel the pressure, even as somebody who loves RP, who mm -hmm, loves, mm -hmm. like, improv, who loves just having, like, a le legitimate 20-minute conversation and character. I love that stuff. Um, and sorry, the dog's barking. <laughs> it's, it's not aggressively <laughs> chewing. It's not aggressively chewing, but he's barking at a truck who has the audacity to be on the road. I thought you were going to say the truck was aggressively chewing, and I was like, plot twist. <laughs> no. Turn into a horror movie. <laughs> um, but I was, as I was saying that, like, I get the pressure because when it's different when there's an expectation of you to be funny or an expectation right. to be dramatic. You know, and you feel the pressure, and if you're not used to that, like if you don't have a background in performing arts or if you just aren't comfortable doing that, this could be a good push for you, but also it could it could be very intimidating. I would be intimidated, because, like, in games, I like when moments are naturally funny or naturally dramatic, and they don't have that expectation set out beforehand. It's just whatever comes, you know, the most naturally. Um, 
but I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, I get it from even, like, that level, but I'm still intrigued by the concept. 100%. We, I ran into a similar trouble. Um, I was at a bachelor party a few years ago, and we're all around the campfire, and somebody brought up Reflections, which I've talked about on the show before, which is, like, a storytelling uh, 1v1 RPG and you're trying to get the other person in your improv storytelling to do certain things in scenes. And the whole thing is it culminates in a duel, so it's inherently dramatic. And if you're not as poised to be a storyteller, monologuing, saying what's happening in the scene, unlike D&D with the prompts and what do you roll and you have a game master, it can be really hard and like daunting for some of those. So while like, I get really excited for them, sometimes I have trouble recommending them if you've never GM'd before or done improv or something, um, at least playing with somebody who has done those things so, that, so they can kind of give you an example um so sometimes it's just hard to recommend Lisa, what about you do you have any interest in those types of games i think well i mean i we we saw that before when i was super excited about the monty python mm -hmm. um, ttrpg and you basically told me well it's only as funny as the players <laughs> which, made me, which made me kind of take a step back and be like well yeah i guess that makes sense it's not like automatically guaranteed to be hilarious and monty python-esque just because you know you're playing the game i mean it's a good game will prompt you to right. be more funny and like a good group of people if you have you know that chemistry that sort of relationship with them that you can like let yourself sort of go but yeah it, it's based on how comfortable i guess you are in the situation and if it's you know streamed or something or public then that puts extra pressure if you're not like an actor like Chardet. <laughs> right that's like one of my favorite things about being at a home table right is like i don't gotta be funny for a hundred people, I need to be funny for these four that are at the table. Yeah, and, and you, and you, you generally, genu, uh, generally, you know what their sense of humor is, so like mm -hmm. you can do the things that make them think, "Oh, I'm funny." Exactly. You know what will make them laugh. For Charday, what okay. I do is I set up uh, like romantic comedy subplots, like like just like really bad sitcom. We're on a date with two people and they don't know it, kind of th like shit. And then I throw uh -huh. dildos in, and then Charday's laughing, and it's like pretty. <laughs> it's like pretty simple. It's like just like a low hanging sex fruit joke, um, and she's in. And then yeah, I have sense of humor of a thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> but so do i like it works like it, it, for our table it's fun uh <laughs> sorry Charlie, what were you saying i mean i was just gonna say um when lissa was saying oh i'll just do things that i think are funny and i was just gonna say are you pandering to me <laughs> my sense of humor when you're in my game so i no but i don't throw scary monsters. pander to your gm that's how you win I mean, it's it's both it's both that, but it's also like the fact that I enjoy doing those things because I mean we're we're friends to begin with. Like, there's a reason we're friends because we have a similar sense of humor. So what I do enjoy doing, you enjoy witnessing and laughing at. Yeah. So you know, it works both ways. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to drama llamas. You two have sent me stuff on this game separately, and I had a couple of buddies send me information on drama llamas. So. Listen, the hype is real for Drama Llamas. Go check it out. A chaotic, drama-filled, narrative-rich, rules-light tabletop RPG play as a fame-hungry reality TV contestant 
who are also llama uh so <laughs> you can check that out on kickstarter um it's already reached its goal i think its goal is like like around four thousand two uh, very specific four thousand two hundred and seven uh dollars so 427 um they, they knew and it's at almost five thousand dollars so with 165 backers it's already backed so you can jump onto that knowing you will get drama llamas um the tv competition uh spin was exactly what i needed to fund this game because i was looking at it, i was like okay that's cool i don't buy a lot of rules like games i already have a pretty expansive set of one cheaters so i i don't know if i need more of that and then i saw the the reality tv thing i was like this is enough to get me to to jump in because it's like three to five players plus gm and it's i think they said 90 percent role play 10 percent strategy zero combat so that's a fun twist if you can't get people to jump into a full D&D campaign you're like well we're gonna play drama yeah. llamas tonight yeah mm-hmm. so uh, I recommend that uh, I hope that uh, you two get a chance to play games I know you're you're kind of expanding and jumping into new stuff I feel like drama llamas might be an easy win for you in that uh, case because it's not as big of a commitment I don't know if people are gonna be running a $400 campaign in drama llamas I mean like playing in a reality TV without being in a reality TV just sounds like the kind of chaos that um, makes me so happy inside. Uh, me and Sharday literally do that right now. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> so one of our D and D games will slowly turn into a reality um, TV show. So that's a that's a fun time. I recommend it. The cutaways are a good way to expand people's like improv game confessionals yes the confessional like because like everyone's seen the office and stuff we got to get back to doing them we didn't do them like at all last time around because we were setting up the next season so it was a lot of like the what happened over the summer on the office that type of thing so when we get back to it we got to get back to the cutaways um <laughs> uh, next up is the Walking Dead Universe uh, RPG. We talked about it a little bit on the show before. I'm very excited about this. It's in the the Year Zero um, system, which if you don't know, Tales from the Loop, Things from the Flood, D6 success based DC game. Um, one of my favorites. This is adding uh, base building to that kind of plethora of rules, which is really exciting because that's something that's kind of lacked for like long term games. It really does the Stranger Things vibe really well. But this having, you know, taking place in the the zombie apocalypse, having base building as a core mechanic will be really cool. So you can set up your your survival group. I'm really excited for that. The Kickstarter launches on March 14th, which is the big news from Free League Publishing. So if you're excited about that, keep an eye out. March 14th, you'll see my name on there or whatever pseudonym I put down because I always lie on Kickstarter. Um, because it's fun to hear Kickstarters have to announce really weird and random names. So no judgment I, I hear everyone very quiet on the mic over there everyone's like well terry's weird i know that okay you don't have to say there it was another, no i was sorry, there was I, another truck <laughs> <laughs> no i i was just thinking about like wait they announce the the patrons yeah a lot of uh, a lot of kickstarters do like a live video when they launch and they'll they'll read kickstarter names a lot of kickstarters will put the names of like certain tier backers in one of the products so uh, a lot of the rpg books i have have like an extra credit page with 
all of the backers on there at a certain tier i have a lot of rpg mm-hmm. books that just like have my name randomly printed on there again the pseudonyms that i put in um just like on most like patreon like if you want to subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash can't be killed creations um you put the name we're gonna read it out so whatever you want to put there we're gonna say can you tell i've never backed a kickstarter <laughs> yes <laughs> um but there's also crowdfunder and indiegogo and zoop if you want to back some comic books head on over to zoop mm. no okay yeah. <laughs> go, go check out zoop <laughs> um there's there's so many different crowdfunding places now it's really cool it can be daunting you're like oh i don't know if i'm gonna get this thing um but it does free a lot of creative people from having to go through gatekeepers so i'm i'm all into that um moving on from the walking dead what's up next i lost my run of show found it there so we got three what we do in the shadow likes so what we do in the shadows and russian doll inspired this trio of comedic jewish rpgs this article came from dice breaker and i like all of these games so i'm gonna read it this comes from alex Meehan over there um let's see a trio of comedic tabletop role-playing games inspired by what we do in the shadows and russian doll enable players to fight against jewish oppression if i were a lich man which is one of the best puns i've read all week (laughs) is a collection of upcoming tabletop rpgs that put jewish heroes at the forefront featuring three separate rpgs the collection places essential elements of jewish culture such as passover bat mitzvahs and dreidels within horror and fantasy settings the anthology takes inspiration from the likes of what we do in the shadows uh we've talked about that here and russian doll which if you don't know russian doll i feel like maybe less people know russian doll it's a groundhog's day like uh mystery on netflix uh with natasha leone i highly recommend it if you're into those um but there's three different games in here i'm not going to go into each one but you can check out the kickstarter see if any of them interest you because for the price that they're launching over on the kickstarter and you get all three games uh pretty pretty uh, obvious that you should go for it it's already reached its goal i think it was like five thousand dollars they already hit 40 um but it's really cool for like i think twelve dollars i think is enough to get the pdf with all three games in it so uh you know exactly plus if you get the physical copy you get dreidels which are a mechanic in several of the games um which is really exciting i know i I, as a little boy i I was so obsessed with tops and i had a jewish friend and he was like well dude listen if you like that you should be jewish and i was like (laughs) i don't know i have good news for you (laughs) exactly i was like i don't know how that works man like i i don't think i don't think that my my family will let me do that necessarily convert like we're all irish catholic and episcopalian i don't think they'll just let me start going to temple but i'll try um they didn't by the way let me do that but they did buy me beyblades so i guess it worked out in the long run but dreidels are still dope um i don't know about win-win but (laughs) i have i just have different religious trauma right like it's (laughs) but uh but it's just a super cool game goes towards some really cool creators i highly recommend checking this out i can't tell you to buy it because that would be pushy but um 12 bucks three games come on do the math uh moving on that's our last in the bits and bob section next up is our village crier segment this is where we talk about all the big news the news that isn't about selling you something uh first up is the trans witches and witches bundle um this has already passed we talked about it a few weeks ago uh trans witches are witches and they had this gigantic collection of games made for and by trans creators it had uh 
pretty hefty goal of 192,000 and it reached it $207,000 raised uh 3,000 contributors 108% of the goal like average contribution was like 64 bucks like just huge really cool to see uh raising all sorts of good money for good people i was just really excited to see that it hit its goal because when i saw the lofty goals like listen i when you see some of those goals for fundraisers even if it's a worthy cause i just get like a pit in my stomach i'm like i don't know if enough people are going to contribute so it just kind of warms my heart and i had to talk about the fact that they reached it um a huge bundle if you're listening to this go check sometimes you can still get it even after the bundle ends sometimes you'll you'll double check it itch.io sometimes goes a little bit longer but if not just go celebrate some of these creators and you can still look at all the games in the bundle and see if there's something cool in there because a lot of those games are not expensive to begin with um did you two get a chance to check out all like the like thousand plus uh items in here I was like, I looking through them. Yeah. yeah, I scrolled through it uh, when I saw this on Twitter. Uh, games not, from like 56 like, creators? Not like a lot of them. I didn't do intensive research. Uh-huh. But um, I did look through some of them, and they have some really cool cool ones that I was like, ooh, if I had money, this is what I would pay for. This is a loftier bundle, I think it should be said, too. I think the base price is $60. 100%. So deeper than some of the other bundles that we've featured but like it's totally if you have the money if you want to support a great cause totally recommend but acknowledge that it is also kind of a steep price and i think something else should be said is some of these games are physical right so um like some of these some of these are like not just pdf some of these aren't just ttrpgs there's some other really cool stuff in there um if i had to recommend something because like i have a few of these games already arcane academia is really good and making friends is the other one that i would uh, i would highly recommend uh so go check out that bundle even if it's too late to actually purchase the bundle there's so many fucking cool games in there so there's still something to find there um sorry that we couldn't plug it again last week since we were off that's my fault um uh, but i'll blame char it's just easier that way <laughs> I, i'd like to say that i didn't know that but i definitely saw it um <laughs> so let's talk about DD's uh no good very bad year continuing DD maker worried more about the recession than the ogl controversy's impact on business um this comes from chase carter over at dice breaker uh this was an interesting article so on a fourth quarter business call like their earnings calls that they do where they kind of talk to shareholders and people on their board about like plans for the company not to get too businessy um hasbro ceo chris cox admitted in his opening statements that the company misfired on updating the ogl but has since course corrected um we are dedicated to working collaboratively with the community gathering feedback and build experiences that inspire players and creators alike um so and also this is where like the note that they're they're more worried about the economy is uh this uh the rash of DD beyond subscription cancellations amounted to comparatively minor loss for hasbro uh in comparison to inflation and growing concerns in the economy so 
like, like their thing right now, and they've also admitted a little bit of a fault when it comes to D and D, and also Magic the Gathering, which is also taking a gigantic hit. They can downplay it on earnings call all they want, but they said uh, they've been doing too aggressive with things like the one thousand dollar reprint of cards that you can't even use in the game, and putting out like nine sets a year. Um, so just know that Hasbro is aware that these problems are happening and don't care. Uh, <laughs> love so reassuring. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so that's happening. And in similar news, uh, from the same earnings call, but we have a different take on it. Uh Hasbro admits misstep with Wizards of the Coast. This comes from the Gizmodo article on it. Uh, from Linda Codega. You knew it. I didn't have to say it, but I thought I should anyways. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see like so one of the quotes I love in here is that they were talking about the challenges that they're facing um, so I mentioned the misfire quote but also our best practice is to work collaboratively with our community gather feedback and build experiences that inspire players and creators to like he said that exact thing twice that's why I said it twice so just so you know um, but I mentioned the course corrected but they're delivering a strong outcome for the community in game that's that's the part I want to focus on from this one is that basically they were saying listen we course corrected they love this new stuff we gave them the thing that they wanted they're gonna spend all the money here um do you agree with this um <laughs> they're also many fans uh they said they're very open to restarting their subscriptions uh maybe I mean, where where are they, where are they where are they getting this anecdote <laughs> where that's what i'm really curious of that is what i want to know i don't yeah, know a single yeah. person who re-upped because of that i i do know some people that have re-upped since um more because of the like the the vtt tools that are coming out in announcement um there was a really viral tiktok the other day um talking about how their dice mechanics work I've seen some people going, hell, this might make me go back to D&D Beyond because their their dice are based off a physics system rather than a random number generator. Um, so I was like, that is interesting. Not enough for me to go back to D&D Beyond, but um, I, again, D&D Beyond was a cool thing before, uh, you know, Wizards bought it, uh, but now it's caught up in all of that stuff. So like you said, where are they getting this information? Do you guys, speaking anecdotally, purely, obviously you don't know every single person who plays D&D, but have you heard people flocking back saying it was good, their move was enough to make me go back to buying stuff? No, not, <laughs> nobody has openly admitted to going back. But then again, I don't know if it's because it's one, something to hide, two, they feel ashamed of it somehow, which, I mean, it's not like, you're gonna be crucified if you go back to dnd beyond right it's your personal choice and you're paying for it like mm, your money but then i look over at the other ttrpgs that are not fucking up this big time and i'm like <laughs> but you could be playing all of these <laughs> it's true like that's something that we talked about a little bit with uh with gurps tiktok blowing up a little bit a few weeks ago with people going well what is this game and steve jackson games being like oh oh you want to play our our old game like well how about we go listen some of the shit in there is problematic we're gonna fix it we're gonna like uh we're gonna we're gonna do all the right things we're just gonna say the exact opposite of what wizards of the coast is doing and uh we're gonna do the opposite will you buy our game then and people said yeah sure um so it's like that and that's just one single game right that's only one yeah. um one example but i've been seeing that across the board i just laugh and they're like oh yeah people are gonna re-up their subscriptions 
prescriptions and everyone's good now you know they mentioned in the same breath imagine the gathering how like they're being too aggressive but their outlook is positive they just announced instead of slowing down anything they just announced this gigantic four set um expansion to magic the gathering and everybody i know who plays magic the gathering that was the nail in the coffin when they just announced four more right now and they're like i can't afford to buy the last six that came out i'm not buying four more um and then they asked me about digimon because they know that's the game that i play <laughs> and uh, a couple of my friends who were like we're talking in the span of when we've been playing Magic the Gathering, we all kind of started right around 2009, 2010. A little bit late to the party, obviously, but, you know, we were in high school. They've probably spent, no joke, cumulatively millions of dollars on Magic the Gathering. That's like their sole thing that they do is Magic the Gathering. And we're not talking like tens of millions of dollars, but maybe one or two altogether because they make really good money and they like Magic the Gathering. That's the thing that they do. And now they left for One Piece. Like I couldn't believe it, and and this is the, these are the same people that used to be obsessed with, with uh, World of Warcraft. They spent all of their money and time in World of Warcraft, and then when World of Warcraft started to jump the shark, they were like, "Well, fuck it!" Like people are not beholden to these things, even if you love yeah. it. So even if you are one of the whales, that's all I'm saying anecdotally is like, even if these people are like, "Oh, they'll never leave the game," fuck you, you're wrong. Like they they will they will start playing One Piece. I just it's just a bunch of corporate talk they're just like oh yeah we we fucked up but we have hope for the future and you're like do you have the stats for that no you're just doing that for your investors <laughs> people invested in the company and they don't like i'm i'm sure people at hasbro know still like the community like outlook and their reputation within the community I don't know if their investors know that so maybe it's just like they were saying this just to make sure that you know they don't lose any big bucks in you know the background right but even the investors are the ones who are at fault here because they're the ones who are like oh hey uh we we found out that magic makes a lot of money let's milk it for even more uh <laughs> yeah it's i if it is the investors who are pressuring to like make the big bucks but they have no understanding of the community and they are just seeing the community as this like as you, like you said, like a big cow that you can can be bilked, and it's just like keep pushing out products. They'll keep spending it on it because they love the thing. Well, the thing is, they don't love the thing that much to not realize when you know it's being pushed on them and when it's like dumb and not enough to keep you invested in that one thing that you can just jump ship and change the thing. One hundred percent. We're not dumb as like a community no matter what the investment is investment people think so like it's just it's frustrating that like we're cattle and they're just trying to pump us up with or pump us out of our money but that that i mean that is what consumers are right we live in a capitalistic society and that that is what happens at the intersection of art and commerce um yeah. like so it's not surprising it's just sad especially because we were untouched for so long even after hasbro had bought wizards um yeah. as a community that like we kind of went under the radar like uh and then in just one fell swoop in just a few years they were like what if we ruined all this <laughs> so that is just interesting to see they're not going to go away overnight by any means but it is it is sad to see the downturn continue um next up is an even more fucked up story let's talk about wor wormwood gaming um full disclosure and trigger warning this case is about uh um and involves sexual assault 
So if if SA is something that you can't handle, look, we're not going to go into details by any means, but that is what the story is about. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, are you too familiar with the story? I know you talked about it a little bit. I read The Reckless on it a few days ago um, to get kind of caught up. Uh, yeah, I've been following it on Twitter basically since it happened, and it's been a lot. <laughs> There's right. a lot happening. It's, it's yeah. kind of like that morbid curiosity almost. I don't want to like put it on par with anything because these are real people's lives that we're talking about. But right. I feel like there's just a, the right, just the same amount of talk a, around this issue as there was around like the Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone stuff. Right. At least on Twitter, I should say. Yeah, and like the, you know, the Reckless article was like the first like more like mainstream article I had seen on it. Um, but like it's definitely being talked about. It was on a couple of different news stations. So just to to give you some context, number one, Wormwood Gaming is a physical like D and D tack on. Uh, they make big gaming tables with intricate inlays and they do custom stuff you can get a table with like you know uh different drawers for your different players at your table or felt lining they do all sorts of stuff in my experience they're just really really expensive i've never met anybody who has one in real life um i think i heard about them back in the geek and sundry days i don't remember if any of those shows had one but the critical role did a um partnership with them very early on and i think that's where they got their standing in the ttrpg community is because of geek and sundry and early critical role i think they gifted critical role um dice trays and they just kind of like hyped them up from there and i think they did an official partnership later they used to do on stream wormwood giveaways okay so if you watch back old vods um during the break they would do wormwood giveaways they partnered with them so this is like a huge company that was involved with one of the hugest streams in the space yeah and and like the thing is, is like because their products were so expensive they would often like overprice things and then get rid of that product because whales would buy the really big expensive custom tables but not buy all the other products and their stuff was too expensive for people like us to just have a wormwood table um so you would see things announced on their website and then just like gone um because no one could buy them but uh all of that is neither here nor there really that's just to give you some context in the company um but to to kind of summarize there was an incident involved uh a person that worked at the company and someone who didn't work at the company there was an alleged sexual assault um some people who knew the person who was allegedly assaulted came forward and told the CEO about it and other managers there. That person was fired in seemingly retaliation for bringing up the subject and talking about it. Um, And then Wormwood, instead of doing anything ethically, put out a YouTube video in a weird faux documentary style. Like it looked like you were watching like an episode of the office or something, um, seemingly mocking the situation and trying to defend their CEO's decision with a really bad lawyer. Um, giving some really terrible legal advice, basically saying, yeah, maybe now we should contact the cops. And by the way, this is the first thing they had ever said on the subject ever. Um, after, after the person who was fired went on to Twitter and was like, Hey, we tried talking about this and our CEO, basically swept it under the rug and their response was to put out this long youtube video not defending themselves very well and also it seemed like that was the first time their lawyer had heard of the situation which is also strange um but that's the summary uh shar you want to fill in some details there did i miss anything 
Um, I can fill in some, yeah. So one of the details is it, it doesn't make the situation better, but the, the regarding the video that they put out, um, Wormwood has had this series on the on their YouTube channel for a while that was like a docu series, like a behind the scenes, like, hey, watch how we make our product series called Worm Life. And it was and I guess still is, I don't know if I guess they're still doing it, but um it it basically was a documentary series that would um follow a lot of the people who worked at Wormwood, especially like the managers. I don't know how often the CEO was on there, but it would, you know, document that process. And it's shot in that same style. Oh, so they were prepared to do this style. Yeah, so they've been doing this style for a while and it's a hundred percent not an excuse. This was the worst possible way you could film an apology or like not even an apology, just like film a video addressing the situation but it does give more context as to maybe why they they didn't just say hey let's make a mockumentary about this they'd already been producing content like that for a while that's good that's just what they were comfortable with maybe they were filming it for posterity and maybe they were not intending to release um them discussing it until maybe somebody brought up hey we're going to release this type statement that's released this video that we happened to film at the same time i we don't really know the circumstances of why they did what they did, but it was a bad choice. It was weird. <laughs> all around. It was weird. And um, thankfully, a little bright light at the end of the tunnel so far in the situation is a lot of companies that have been working with Wormwood have now dropped their partnerships with Wormwood um, following these, like following this story. So the, um, the charity company Take This that they partnered with to make like little wooden shields to... I think I don't remember what the it was a charity they did to benefit a cause but I can't remember what cause it was but that charity that they partnered with has dropped them literally yesterday I think at like 10 p.m. I saw a tweet from Dispel Dice okay and they have done huge partnerships with Dispel Dice if you're in the TTRPG community you've probably seen them they did a huge Kickstarter with them where they um, paired their like dice vaults with Dispel Dice and did like a an exclusive collab with them they've been really tight partners for like over a year maybe two years and dispel dice just released a statement last night saying that they're like they have kickstarters to fulfill but after that they're dropping their partnership with wormwood so there are people and there are also some content creators that are also speaking up on this not the big ones yet i don't know if they will talk about it uh, we haven't had a, cr a critical role statement because they are at least their early years tied to them um but at least they're they're not being received well <laughs> like this whole situation is not being received well on twitter at least which is good because it's an awful situation but it is like a little light that like yeah people are holding them accountable for this they're not taking this apology serious well they're taking it seriously but they're they're not really like accepting their statements at all they're just like hey guys yeah this is awful you fucked up it felt so frat broly watching that video like the thing that i kept upsetting me is they were so focused on the way that the the two men involved and the accusations and turning the other one in conducted themselves I was like shouldn't we be concerned for this person who was sexually assaulted even allegedly like shouldn't that be your main worry here like no one's concerned about that person yeah that was really upsetting that's why i was like well fuck them like i understand they're saying well it's not something that we need to get involved in like the police should be handling it 
I understand some of those aspects as a business, but there was no concern about this victim like at all in any of the discussions like that's not even what they were discussing at all that wasn't a part of their of what the topic was and that that just like made me so upset i was like this is not just awkward and a weird way to do this but like these people are they don't care there was no empathy there they spent more time talking about like the people who were talking about this situation like spreading a toxic work environment yeah about things they shouldn't be talking about and i'm just like what the damn hell are you talking about like you're firing people for creating a toxic work environment because they're talking about something that allegedly happened on your property like should be like yeah concerned with like something that allegedly happened on your property and if the person is okay no one even said is she okay like the lawyer the lawyer comes in and wasn't like well you know is she a victim is she okay like what's going on with that they don't give a fuck (laughs) so oh sorry Lisa. yeah go ahead no, I was just I I haven't been following it. I did see some stuff on Twitter, and I didn't have the time to look over it when it happened. And now the tweets that I tried to open up have been you know deleted. Okay. What? What? They've been deleted? Oh, have some, they been deemed some, unnecessary? Some of them. I don't know that it's all of them, but some have disappeared well it should be said they did put out a half-hearted apology like hey maybe we shouldn't have put it out on our youtube series and uh um where you know we're working with uh investigators or something like that i don't know i wasn't interested um yeah it's too gross i listen i it's not like this is gonna make a big example i couldn't afford a wormwood table even if i wanted one before and i don't now um the cool thing is there's other places that you can get cool tables like that that are more affordable and i'm probably gonna put some links in here so if you're interested in that uh because i've been thinking about picking up a, a table and now i know not to pine after theirs they also don't just have pine they have maple also, if you want to like make your own table, there are great like tutorials online. If you have a little bit of hardworking experience, and you want to make your own. Like there are tutorials online now where you can make your own table. One hundred percent. Excited about getting a wormwood specific table? Just talk to a contractor or like watch a video. You could do it yourself, probably, and for cheaper because they upcharged a lot, and that's a lot. Of, that's a criticism people have had of the company for a while, but this obviously just like. Again, it's just they're, they're almost ostracized at this point from the community for good reason because of how poorly they've handled the situation. And I've been hearing about their quality going down for a while. And so, like, I kind of stopped hearing about them um, because people, even people that were pining after them were like, I didn't like the stuff I got. And then this comes along. I'm like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear about Wormwood again. No, I think this might be there. The TTRPG community is constantly growing. There are so many talented people in all different sects. Like, there are people who make very specific niche products that you can find exactly what you want, dice-wise, accessory-wise, table-wise. Like, support local small businesses. You don't need to give your money to big companies like Wormwood to have a great accessory for your game. And it just it just sucks watching this just unfold and like i remember watching that video and just like getting so angry like and it it just sucks that people like that exist in the community and this is a very harsh reminder of that 100 <laughs> percent. and if you have a father-in-law who is a woodworker and makes really gorgeous tables and you ask him to make you a gaming table 
um just know that he's just gonna make you do everything um in an attempt to teach you how to do word working and when he finds out just how uncoordinated and bad you are at uh measuring things even like the simplest task um just know that table will never come to fruition <laughs> is this a real story or this is a 100 percent a real story my father-in-law is a very talented woodworker as well as my sister and brother-in-law and i went over there and i was like hey how hard was this, would this be and they're like not that hard like you know we could probably show you how to do it um spoiler alert, they could not show me how to do it <laughs> I would be the same way though so like no judgment like I have my dad is great with tools and he made me a dice tray like for Christmas because he he loves projects so whenever I find like hey you want to find a cool new thing to work on I'll give him something and he made me a really nice dice tray but he knows if he teaches me how to do it I will not comprehend it and he knows this now (laughs) I love them so much but I was like listen I want to buy all the materials and even pay you for your time even though that's not really what we do in this family but like I don't want to make this I can't do it like this this is not within my skill set and they were just like no 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 teach a man to fish and I was like listen I know how to fish what I don't know how to do is make a table and I don't want to I don't want to do it for me oh man if you need me to summarize the themes and like the intricacies and the a plot b plot of making a table that i can do uh, but what i cannot do is create one so just know that but, that's what happens but can you write the instructions though? i could write the fuck out of the instructions and in fact i took several years of drafting and blueprints in high school i can draw out the plan perfectly even in an exploded view so you can view exactly how to put it together in 3d what i cannot do is c- complete the project <laughs> <laughs> oh man well anyways let's move on from my inadequacies to the next story <laughs> um let's talk about the unearth arcana news uh Shar, you sent me these updates. We have updates on the Paladin um, class, and then there was one more, if I'm correct, druid. right? There was Paladin what? And Paladin and Druid get some updates. So, Oath of Devotion for Paladin, what was the Druid update? Um, I think they mostly, from what I understand, I didn't have time to watch the video this time. Sure. Um, but I, from what I understand, they really tweaked the wild shape and people have opinions on <laughs> opinions on that um, very strong opinions on it i don't think one dnd is gonna keep the druid changes no the same thing with like they had people had some really strong feelings about the other like the basically the opposite of the tiefling um race that they had thrown in yeah the ardling the yeah. ardling I yeah the, i did watch the video they put out earlier this week about like what to expect like right before they put out the deep dives on the two classes that they changed mm-hmm. i did watch the video where they talked about um they got rid of the ardlings they're not going to be in any playtest material going forward and the reason they gave was that there just wasn't enough context like why do these characters exist why they show up all of a sudden right when they show up all of a sudden and they're just like they're not going away forever but they're definitely not going to be in the player's handbook and we're just going to hang on to them until we can figure out how to properly introduce them and give them the justice they deserve basically so it might not be the last time we see ardlings but in the playtest material 100% (laughs) 
yeah i i think people needed need them to be like introduced in like an adventure like here's the story of yeah, arlene because like when you ask us to play test the mechanics and just some flavor to it that doesn't really work for something that's so story heavy that th this needs to be introduced in a campaign type thing um for people to care uh I mean, that's something that i've had a hard time with like as a gm it's like some like i'm about to gm a game that's wholly my creation in a world in gurps but it's like my own setting when i try to explain to people what's in the world it's really hard with no context for that world be like there's a race of people with gills um and they live underwater and you're like okay like what does that mean like what, what's the, what's the thing here and so that's what they did with the ardlings they're like okay they have different animal heads and they're like angels but different and you're like oh, okay uh cool i guess <laughs> can i get anything more they're like no this is a play test or like that i'm gonna vote no then dog that's that's what we're gonna do so that was that was the most updated i was on it um i don't play paladins uh i found out right when we jumped on this call that apparently it's a trope that gms play paladins um which is not a thing i've never ever heard nope i heard it on tiktok and then i showed it to john and i'm like is this true he's like well i like paladins john you know what's funny you know i take it back john is john is a gm at our table and he often plays paladins yeah yeah I, that's why i showed him the tiktok i'm like this is true this is you he's like yeah i just thought it was all dms and i'm just like john i've never played in a campaign where everybody anybody's a paladin and he was genuinely shocked by that i same though like I, it doesn't come up very often and the people that do play paladins it's like a light reskin like it's barely related yeah. they just wanted to be able to wear armor and cast spells yeah. um and like like we were talking about all the other gms i know us included we play bards or rogues something with more utility a wizard if we have to expand a little bit further um Lissa, you know. you've played a paladin for how many hours did you say it was for one of the one shots we did yeah so i i played a paladin for a what a pre-campaign so a one shot that uh inspired the campaign or was supposed to inspire the campaign so i played a i can't remember what the paladin was but she was an old grandma who was <laughs> looking for her ne nephew and she was very devoted to uh, <laughs> finding her nephew i remember that <laughs> her name was muriel and you should care about her um she's great <laughs> so obviously you're our paladin expert is what we're learning uh, uh yes i have experience from uh what three hours of playing <laughs> her so what are your opinions on paladin <laughs> do you like to smite people like <laughs> i don't i don't think i smited one per single person um i was a very do good paladin who wanted to talk her way out of fighting the bad guy that we were supposed to fight um but she she's the thing about paladin is great because you can heal yourself quite well i think i was i was the last one standing out of the tpk that we <laughs> i still had like more than half my hp when everybody else was dead so um mm. it's they're they're not squishy is what no, i can tell you yeah, they're bulky yeah I played a paladin in the Die RPG, if you've heard of that, based on uh, uh, oh. Kieran Gillen um, comic book. Really, really good if you like tabletop RPGs or just D&D &D in general, but want a comic book. Um, it's about a group of people that get Jumanji'd into a TTRPG. And when they come out, they're changed people. Cool. And then they eventually got to go back in, right? It's like, they've got to go back to the island. Um, very, very awesome comic book. Highly recommended. But they had an RPG to go along with it. And they have... Uh, 
like they call it like emotion knights i think or something like that and that's their version of paladin so you're a, you're a rage paladin or you're a lust paladin and um and that energy fuels um your magic and stuff it's very cool that was the closest i got to to fucking around with an oath to doing a thing like I, this is not not necessarily for me and from what i can see from the notes people are excited about the buffs to paladin very disappointed with the changes to druids um clerics got a little thing they toss a little bone people are like oh yeah i play a cleric and they're like good for you like the ringo star of (laughs) yeah (laughs) out of these casters very much so um the thing that people seem to be upset bit but like a bit torn is the wild shape changes uh the wild shape um it seemed like in an attempt to add cool new things to match the movie they said okay here are three cool forms but there's way fewer forms for you to wild shape into and that seems to be people's contention there they're like well at the expense of being cool to match the movie you nerfed this um so there's that uh i'll have to read into those notes i don't i don't have anything going on like our current D game that that we still play doesn't have any druids in it um and I'm not starting any new ones right now, so. Well, the games that I play in, Lissa, again, you play a druid, but you don't wild shape. <laughs> this is still not well, applicable. Well, the yeah, because in my campaign also doesn't wild shape specifically. <laughs> I, I the only druids I've ever played were like, oh, you guys have access to wild shape, and they. I think I. It was my first actual like like rules as written thing my player didn't realize that she had wild shape and i'm like you're a druid (laughs) she's like no i have starry form because she plays a star druid from tasha's and i'm like that's a that's a version of wild it's still wild you always have what you still have wild shape as a druid and she's like no i don't i'm like yes you do i will read you the rule and like i read rules as written from the book and i just like took a step back i'm like i just rules as written my own play i've never done that (laughs) i i don't i avoid that i usually do but i'm just i wanted her to do this cool thing or like i saw that she was like frustrated with something i'm like oh you could wild sheep and do this she's like no but i don't have it and so i was trying to do it as like no you can do this i promise and she's like after i explained it she's like okay i'm not gonna do it anyway (laughs) you ruined it (laughs) I, I apparently I, <laughs> I don't know but listen you were gonna say something as a druid <laughs> i mean i mean you can um yeah wild shape and i i think it's like a cool thing that druids do but like i'm trying to play a non-druid which is the thing that i do with my characters with is every class with every class i try to not be the class that i just picked so i am a druid who hates animals specifically <laughs> And I prefer mushrooms because obviously I'm a uh, a spore um, circle of spores mush- mushroom enthusiast. So I obsess over mushrooms and I hate animals because that just makes sense to me. You gotta have a good old leshy companion. That's a that's a great way to go about it. Like a little mushroom guy. Like uh, you have your own little toad from Mario. No, we have a. I adopted a um, a monodrone, oh, a perfect. robot. We- this definitely Whoever goes hand in hand with druids. Um, just yep, uh, totally. Lissa yeah. really just throwing out the fact that she's a contrarian. <laughs> like, just <laughs> fuck you, Dad. I got a robot. Exactly. Oh man. I just feel like I'm not like equipped to talk about these one D and D changes, and I feel bad because I've never played a druid. All I know is that people are upset about the wild shape, and I will say as well, people are not just kind of like a little bit weirded out on the fact that they're nerfing stuff. 
you can't even turn into like a tiny creature until you're 11th level yeah it's it seems like a weird change yeah it's just stuff like the leveling is off they're doing some interesting things like i like that you can turn into a wild bear and stuff that's awesome yeah and like but... i said like the like them throwing in cooler forms is a good idea like the people being upset in the movie that there's an owl bear um transformation i'm like no that sounds cool to me like i i feel like if i was a druid yeah. i'd want to be an owl bear that seems like a cool thing yeah, exactly like it's a cool concept but yeah. then they're like they're just executing it so oddly so i don't really know what went on there and what the reasoning is and i'm it's the I guess I'm interested to see how it develops. It's the rules as written um con mentality, right? Like the thing that I often argue with my uh my um my my creative partner when it comes to creating game mechanics, John, uh, who's come up several times in this show. I gotta give him a shout out. He doesn't listen, but because um, of course not. Why would our friends who love TTRPGs <laughs> listen to a TTRPG news show? Um fucking John. Uh but uh <laughs> one of the things that we often run into in disagreements is when I make a game mechanic or a choice, it's because I know my players would enjoy that. Um, and he comes from this, this background of the rules as written people, these like almost hardcore wargaming ideas where if you sat down at somebody else's table, what would be the rule? So you're not exploited because while we know, like we don't break the rule of cool and we have really good ideas. And if rule doesn't work or is dumb, we don't use it. But there are a lot of rules in there that protect players from sitting down with like an inexperienced GM or a table that maybe isn't so forthright or open or good at improv or negotiation. So you have these rules in there for a reason. So when you get to these like druid changes where it seems like, well, that's not fun, but it might balance it out. Right. So somebody doesn't cry at the table because the druid is stronger than their paladin and you play with people sometimes like that there are people that are like oh, oh i don't like it you got to do the thing that i don't get to do and like i wouldn't play with that person but some people don't have that choice right you play at a shop you might deal with that guy so yeah it's hard for me to go oh this is a bad decision i don't like it but i also don't play a druid so um it'll be interesting to see I think this just illustrates that we're all slowly moving away from some things D&D. Not wholly, completely, but I remember for a little while there, we had like three games set up for D&D, and now one of them is a possible feature that's a D&D game, and the rest have all transitioned to other systems. So, like, I, we have a GURPS game coming up. Um, there's a Things from the Flood, Tales from the Loop game, and then one possible D&D on the horizon, but no one in that one's playing uh, Druid either, so... Um, <laughs> to stay away from druids at all costs. Right. It's just it is interesting to see um, with these changes. I I worry that if you upset the status quo of some of those rules that people liked from fifth edition, on top of all this other shenanigans, you're gonna learn lose the people who were even too lazy to not leave D and D when they were mad at it. They should be like, well, I don't like these rules, so I might as well learn a different game. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting thing to see. Uh, anything else to add on these Unearth Arcana changes before we move on? I think the only other thing that like stood out to me is they got rid of the jump action. <laughs> weird. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, which is weird. But I mean, I I guess yeah. if you're if you're kind of if you're more of a rules light table, anyways, you're probably not even using it. Yeah, and I also thought, I guess this, I, I, nobody knows anything about Druid, but I get just like a general question. When they class they classify Wild Shape as a magic action, I'm like, Wild Shape isn't magic. I didn't think it was. Well, sure, it's, it's, sure it's magic. You can't just do it because you're a human. 
Well, yes, that's true. It's a magic effect, but it's like an innate effect. So, like, if a wizard cast counterspell at somebody doing a wild shape, they couldn't counterspell that wild shape is kind of how I looked at it. It is, like, something magical that you can mm. do with an innate ability of your class. Yeah, it's just not a spell. Changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a spell. So I guess, like, I was really confused. Like, why is this called a magic action when it's, like, an innate, like, druidic ability? But that that's how they classified them, I think, is, like, this is a normal action, this is a magic action, because there are some, yeah. some other things that already exist and probably gonna introduce more that are like to counter things like magic actions right like dispel yeah, magic doesn't work so. but they're they're classifying things in a very different new way which comes about with any new system or when they try to update things so i don't know i just i think it's just like a growing pain of yeah yeah it's new nomenclature right and you're like what does that mean yeah, new nomenclature. It, it's new it's new nomenclature that they're not defining too which is always the upsetting thing that D's always had a problem with is like let's have poorly defined nomenclature um that contradicts other words in here <laughs> so <laughs> Or, or like makes it superfluous and they, they just they describe it three different ways but it's the same effect or um one word that means four different things you're like dude you gotta yeah. be more clear and concise with this mm -hmm. um i just got a text from my friend apparently wormwood has pulled down their video and they released an updated statement <laughs> it's a breaking news i guess we're recording this. yeah i got a tweet well, we too to um <laughs> Oh no! So this was just somebody else commenting on it. My phone must have just been listening. It was like, "Do you want? Do you want more people to talk about this?" Like, we can do that. Thanks, Google. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, it's too late to take it down, anyways. We all saved it. It's it's there. It's out there. You can't pretend like that's not what was said. Fuck that CEO, honestly. Fuck everybody that was in that room for the most part. But um. Anyways, let's move on to a less decisive, uh, a decisive, divisive topic, which is our argument section, Eye of the Beholder, where we actually state our opinions and argue about them anyways. Um, I was lying when I said let's move on to something less divisive. Um, this comes from DM Steve over on Twitter. They had a really interesting tweet. It's been over two weeks. This was actually a couple of weeks old now, so it's probably been closer to a month uh, since the D&D TTRPG space blew up about the OGL 1.1 and 1.2 leaks. Since then, folks have reached a new stable state 1.0 remains intact the srd 5.1 was added to the creative commons but i'm still frustrated not just at wizards of the coast but our DD community um this goes on for 12 tweets i don't know if we necessarily need to read all of them but the basic gist of it was that hey we were all mad about this change this this creative fuck up with the ogl but we weren't nearly as mad when they put out fucked up stuff with Spelljammer. We weren't nearly as mad about the Orion Black situation. So it's just a little sad that we're all up in arms about the OGL together, which is good, but how come we couldn't share that same fervor when they were being racist and homophobic and misogynistic? Um, how come it takes this OGL situation basically for people to be up in arms? I mean, I have a pessimistic answer for that. <laughs> yeah i agree and we've talked about it several times on this show and it's the thing that we, we talked about when the ogl stuff came out we literally said we're like where was this fervor where was the purchase yeah. of pitchforks then i remember when i was talking about I'm like i think i'm done with D D, and you two were like yeah that makes sense this was you know back right around spelljammer um and 
and it's it's a thing that we've been talking about for a while like how what is your echo chamber that this is the first thing that you've seen that's outraged that people are are doing this right um did you fight as vocally and visibly about ogl 1.1 as you did with all of the you know creators of color trying to be like hey they kind of fucked us over with some of this stuff so the pessimistic answer is that the ogl effects quote quote unquote affects everyone right yeah these other things people they i argue that they do affect everyone as well but it's way easier again quote unquote easier for certain groups of people to not really ignore it but just not prioritize it as as big of an issue because it didn't affect them it affected somebody else so but the ogl affects everyone and everything so like that's why everybody was putting up a fuss about it it does not make it right but like that might that's probably the explanation the simple answer is privilege right like it's privilege we don't have to it doesn't affect us it doesn't it doesn't hurt me so why should i give a shit um and then the ogl actually hit and people are like oh damn this sucks for me (laughs) uh for me it's a problem um and that's that's really what it comes down to it's shitty it's it's a bunch of people that look like me sadly that don't care until it affects them um and you're right char it does affect everyone every single time it's just not in the way that you think and some people can ignore that because of privilege if you look like me often it's like well sure that does affect the game in general but i don't have to worry about it um and that really sucks and that's why i was excited that dmc actually put that out and to like some really heartening responses and again twitter's an echo chamber so it's not surprising necessarily um but it was a really good point and i'm glad that we're not going to stop talking about it just because there's a new controversy right Spelljammer still exists they've still done lots of awful things orion black still got fucked over before this stuff happened with ogl right like we can't pretend that just because there's a new controversy that the old controversies aren't there anymore and sadly we have a one-track mind as a consumer mentality the capitalistic nature says new thing is the thing we talk about so um it's good to keep the conversation rolling i don't i I, the beholder i feel like our opinions are probably close to a line i'd love to hear your thoughts lissa on this like how do you feel about us continuing this conversation i think that bringing up history and things that have happened is always important i mean we have a podcast that just simply goes on about like the history of D and the Solomon dolls. And I think that we do like it it is maybe not rehash the same thing every episode, maybe not talk about it all the time because, you know, nobody's gonna want to listen to that because again, it's not new, it's not interesting. People move on. But learn history in order to not repeat yourself. And I think that yeah, and we we have to make companies be accountable for their actions. And I mean, it's simply a personal choice of whether or not you give your money to those companies. But yeah, it, like what you said about privilege, I do agree that it is like if it's not, if you don't see it as personally impacting you because of your privilege, because of whatever, then unfortunately people are not going to act on it 
No, and it, it's only going to continue to be like that as more and more controversies happen. Um, I've seen a lot of people kind of discovering things about other games. Like when we talked about Paizo, like keeping it like keep it in perspective, Paizo was kind of the hero of the day this time around. Seeing the Cobalt Press, but like yeah. they're still big ass companies, right? Like they are. That's they not are. like a, a dude at a table with his six friends are like, we also make a game. No, no, no. Like it's a million dollar company. <laughs> um, And they've also put out fucked up stuff sometimes maybe not to the same extent they haven't been around as long you know we cobalt press was on our show earlier you know i guess like about six months ago because they put out a fucked up product um that was racist as simple as that right um like that no one place is going to be that way but we can't pretend like they're not that just because the story moves on we got to keep talking about them that's why whenever i recommend gurps right now because gurps is the game that i'm playing at the moment and I've, I've played it for a long time um disadvantages come up a lot because they have some really fucked up rules in there because they tried to gamify disabilities and that's fucked up and they've learned that lesson and they're learning from it and they're making a new version too but that's something that like we should just pretend like it doesn't exist, right? Just because D and D's the bad guy right now, or the the current new BBEG of it, um, and just because they are now too with the OGL doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be mad that things like the Hadozi were attempted to be sold. So we need to we need to keep that energy up, you know. We need to keep the energy up so that they'll change it, right? Because like, as like Lissa said, like have we have a whole podcast dedicated to all the ways D and D is fucked up. <laughs> like throughout its entire history they have fucked up they'll continue to fuck up all these big companies every every creator ever is probably almost definitely gonna fuck up in some capacity just like hold them accountable tell them what they did wrong and then encourage them to fix it and then if they're making positive strides to fix it you don't owe them your money you don't owe them their time your time anymore you can give them as many chances as you want but you know just encourage people to do better don't completely ostracize them because corporate entities are corporate entities but also really passionate people work there and people who care and hopefully those are the people who will be making positive changes going forward so that the next people to pick up a book don't read about the hadozi like that so the next people who um the next printing of that cobalt press book maybe will be quote unquote better or they'll just pull it entirely so just right. like keep making a fuss keep talking about it so the companies can learn and we can at least if we have to live under capitalism do it somewhat ethically you know like make our prison a little bit of a nicer place <laughs> right and that's the thing is like it's it's this discussion that's popped up a little bit around like hogwarts legacy right like um at least like with the people that are gonna buy it at least let's let it be known that when you put out the more problematic things uh, attached to this world with attached to this creator like let's make them have to make a more inclusive product let's make them i don't care if it's corporate diversity and forced diversity fuck it it's still diverse that still means my friends will be able to see themselves in this game if they don't look like me you know so like sure it's a small win that there's a trans character in hogwarts legacy but they that was still forced to, to happen, right? Whether it was a thumb in the eye to JK Rowling or not, it doesn't really matter. More people of color are in fucking Hogwarts Legacy than anywhere else in the entire um, Harry Potter universe, right? So, like, we still made that happen. So, 
like you said, at least we can make it a little bit more ethical. So if we throw a fit about more of these things, they're forced to change. Like being mad that they change it for the dollar amount is never going to really amount to anything. Um, yeah. I don't care why they change it as long as they change it for the better. So maybe we do get a, a better D&D product eventually or whoever buys D&D from Hasbro because it's going to fall apart soon. <laughs> uh, we'll put out a better version. I just, I, I really liked what DM Steve had to say. I'm going to plug their Twitter here, but it just was such a good point and we should do that. Like, let's not let it go necessarily. I, I don't like when people want that. I get not wanting to stress. We all have to live as ants in this system. So it is frustrating to go, well, I can't exhaust myself every day. And I, I understand that, but still good once in a while to go, hey, you remember when they did that fucked up thing? Let's not let people forget that this company did that. Because it's not like a dude or it's not a person with feelings. This is a corporate entity who has 100% ability to not make these mistakes. So let's not let them forget moving on i think unless you two have anything else to add i don't want to cut you off no i didn't really have anything else to add let's just sit here in silence for a minute <laughs> that's really good for a podcast <laughs> well, moment, of, moment of silence for um <laughs> no no not for just dnd ttrpgs are doing great there's so many good ones <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh real quick before we leave um the eye of the beholder segment completely uh are we at all concerned that i mean we all called this we've talked about this on the show before that things like the cobalt press uh black flag uh game and all these other ones black flag and i i forget what the i don't know if paizo's put out their name yet but uh that they're all fifth edition games basically like everyone said they're all 5e compatible and a lot of these other games that are they're like we're making our own system i've seen a lot of people mad that they're not going to be just a wholly new game uh where do you two fall in that camp i would prefer if they were their own thing i'm not surprised at all and in fact we kind of all called this and talked about this on the show that they were going to be 5e games including black flag and a couple other ones like mm -hmm. what do you think I thought they were going to be a little bit more separate, so I'm okay. kind of surprised that they were um, more or less, if not 5e compatible, just really, really, really similar to it. Mm -hmm. And I get it, but like, also, I'm just not as um, educated on a lot of the different RPG systems, so I didn't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I do wish that they were a little bit, they stood out a little bit more in their systems, because it seems like it's just like a reskinned, from what I understand fifth edition which is it's a system a lot of people are familiar with it's a smart move to get more people to you know play your game 100 it does kind of suck for the people who were expecting like something a little bit more unique you know yeah it's kind of interesting because when you think of the the open mentality right now so many games were publishing in the fifth edition system or adjacent to it or things just directly for fifth edition or even putting out their games to be compatible with because that was the way to get the people who are already playing fifth edition to play their game but i think that's kind of a missed opportunity i understand why you still would like it makes it compatible with all of our old products however now you have a currently captive audience who was excited about a new game who were willing to buy all of your new products right so you could have said we're putting out our own thing it would have taken a lot longer maybe it's just unreasonable to expect that kind of thing but i was excited i was hoping that some of these places would prove me wrong put out a wholly new product because you would have this captive audience that would like maybe in 10 years you had the people who play 
uh, Pathfinder and the people who play Black Flag and the people who play D&D sometimes, you know, like maybe it could have become a filler, but because now it's still just going to be the fifth edition type thing, um, I don't see it growing to this huge extent. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to continue where it is right now. It's still like one of the third largest when it comes to TTRPGs that use the fifth edition system. Um, so it's still going to do well for them. I was just excited to see maybe if they were going to branch out on their own. Uh, Lisa, what about you? What do you think about this? Uh, I think it's I think it's a business decision to keep it 5e compatible um, mm-hmm. because it's just easier for people to convert from D&D 5e to the new system. Right. I'm not I've always been an advocate of doing something different. Um, and I have been vocal about that on this podcast as well. Um, because, just because I like the variability and I like trying out new things, but I know that other people may not because learning a new uh, TTRPG way or system can be difficult like it's not what you're used to you can't just go into it and be like intuitively know how it works you have to put in effort which is like a step a little bit of a stepping stone or or a little bit more of a stepping stone for some people like I I get it but also I do I do prefer ones where there's it gives you like a variability or you're doing something different and it's not just all the same right and like it's so 50 50 with me because like i buy so many different rpgs and admittedly sometimes i don't keep playing them or buying products for the system because i'm like i don't like the system right i love the setting but i don't like the game and like yeah I, we talk about often how yeah. i don't like powered by the apocalypse right there are so many really yeah. cool settings and awesome games in powered by the apocalypse two that come to mind uh, right at the bat like thirsty sword lesbians and uh oh man i can't think there there's so many good ones but we talked about them on here but like settings that i would love to play i just don't like the system so i don't buy more of those products um and so like you could run into that issue cobalt press could go we're gonna make our own thing and then people not like that thing so i get the hesitation um it also could be said that they might do what pathfinder did right pathfinder started as 3.5 uh clone and kind of moved into its own thing with pathfinder 2e yeah so black flag 2.0 could be inherently uh you know novel system we'll see but i was just i was curious to hear what your thoughts were since we were in an opinion piece section anyways Mm. well anyways moving on to our final segment bardic inspiration let's talk about all of the different media inspired by DD and other ttrpgs first up we got a new clip from the DD movie um i'm still excited for this movie i don't think i'm gonna boycott it uh anymore because of everything kind of being settled i think we're gonna go see the movie so i was like well i'm not gonna play a bunch of dnd or buy any more products i might as well go see the movie so i'm saying it right now probably gonna go see the movie uh i'm still excited for it it sucks that a lot of the people that were also excited to go see it with me are no longer excited <laughs> so i'm excited me and sorry we'll go we'll go see it together okay <laughs> everybody else can go fuck off <laughs> I, I, i'm not even joking though dude i had like 12 people and oh, shit. No, shit. no shit and now it's like down to like four i will be one of those four hell yeah i think you would make it five but still like <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Oh, no, there's no couples. Like, <laughs> listen, this is a, d a group of people who play D&D. &D. We're all basement dwellers. What do you mean? And then, you know, we'll we'll get Lissa on a video call and illegally bootleg it. <laughs> listen, listen, I'll put you on an iPad, on a mo on a, on a, not, not moped. What's the thing I'm thinking of? Segway. On a Segway. Ah, uh, yes. A Segway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so they put out a new clip um and what was it was it ask the dead what's the spell that they cast speak in this speak clip with speak with dead yeah thank you i couldn't remember the exact nomenclature very funny clip where they ask five questions about it i was just curious if you saw the clip what you thought it was the most D, &D accurate thing i think i've ever seen a hundred percent like i i've had characters use speak with dead before but not super often even though i had a necromancer in my party but weirdly enough she never really used necromancy all that much um <laughs> but like not a lot and she said i'm the best necromancer and i'm like you never raised <laughs> you're a terrible necromancer <laughs> but it's great like that's just how she played her character and that's totally fine but i never really had this happen when i dm'd but i have seen this happen when i watch actual plays i've heard of stories where this has happened where like somebody cast speak with dead either a cleric or a necromancer and then like as the party is deliberating what they want to ask the dead creature the creature slash the dm basically trolls them and takes all the questions they're asking each other and just has the undead answer them 100 it's who's on first right it's the gargoyle conundrum like you're like mm -hmm. let's do riddles this is just a way for us to fuck with each other and i've never seen it go well i've only ever seen it go exactly <laughs> the way it happened in this clip i've never seen it end with any sort of utility and that's why i was like so excited i was like this is what i've always wanted out of a DD movie yeah, like it may not, like they also recently released a statement saying that this isn't going to be that meta. Like they're not going to like end the movie with them at a, um, at a at table. table at the end of the movie, basically. But I'm like, this is still meta though. Like this is a very <laughs> clear nod to fans of D&D. &D. And also bonus, I think general audiences just might find the overall situation funny because it, it's a good narrative funny moment, but it's also a nice nod to the fans of D&D &D who might be familiar with this exact 100%. It's one of the things I've really liked about watching Vox Machina because Vox Machina does tell like a little bit of like a dark fantasy serious story, but it also is like, hey, this is based on people playing D&D &D for fun. So you're going to have the, yeah. the silly moments of the bard doing something they shouldn't have been trying to do and the barbarian punching something they shouldn't be punching. You know, like it, it lets it be a D&D &D show. And I see that in this movie, like like speak speak with uh, Dead, it doesn't go well for the party. It's like, yeah, this is silly. It's a silly thing that you can speak Dead, you only get to ask five questions, it's semantics, and you're gonna argue about it, who's on first, 100%. Yeah. And that they're not shying away from it, I think is the way to go with it. Yeah, whoever um, is on the writing team for this knows what they're doing, and that's a good thing to see. <laughs> I think it's kind of with how popular that you know D and D is, and the um, failed, I guess, attempts that they've had in the past. How dare you? Do you remember that Marlon Wayne's D and D movie? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Knights of Bad Astum being a LARP movie that was awesome, but I don't remember. <laughs> it was not awesome. I, I it was fun. I would I would argue that that movie is not awesome. Um, no, it's not a good movie. I guess yeah. You know what? I agree with that. Not a good movie, but it was awesome. How about it's that? A, it's not a good movie, but it's like if you've ever LARPed or you know, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy it because it's just ridiculous and 
has a lot of nods to that kind of nerd. Who's the guy that relatively okay? Who's the guy that played Scar in The Lion King? Shar. So Jeremy London. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Thank you, Jeremy Irons. That's his name. He plays the bad guy in the original D and D movie. Yeah, and I've never seen it, but mm, I've seen the it poster. It's it's just so good. Like I, I highly recommend it. Maybe we'll do a watch along on like Patreon or something someday. Like yeah, it's. Uh, I'd love to watch it for the first time. Yeah, I, I, it's not a good film, but I have such like a nostalgia for it. <laughs> seeing it as a little boy, like it is such a touchstone for me when it comes to D and D and TTRPGs. So. Mm. I saw that way before I ever played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, interesting. So it was a D&D? It, it kinda, yeah. That and like the Baldur's Gate yeah. games, like 100%. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Um, Moving on to our final thing, let's talk about, uh, I guess uh, adding a little addendum to, to Hasbro's no good, very bad year. Um, only half of D&D fans expect the movie to be any good, survey suggests. This comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. Uh, but they'll still be going to see it. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons fans seemingly have tempered expectations for the upcoming D&D movie, Honor Among Thieves, but that won't stop them from going to see it um, at the cinema, according to the recent survey. A survey of more than 2,500 people who describe themselves as fans of Dungeons & Dragons, Stranger Things, or both, found that half expect the upcoming big screen adaptation to be, quote-unquote, terrible, meh or disappointing or aren't sure what to expect the other 50 percent expect honor among thieves to be okay good or great one in ten of those surveyed apparently weren't even aware of a new dungeons and dragons movie <laughs> this comes from uh, merchandise That's maker Mercoid survey found uh perhaps unsurprisingly that those who call themselves fans of both DD and stranger things were most keen to see the film uh with 80 percent of such respondents planning to see it for those who were fans of only DD, that number fell all the way down to 68 percent um there's a few other fun little percentages in there but what do you think of uh eh, meh, maybe I think the groupings are really interesting because it was like if you think it's okay or better, you <laughs> get grouped into the same statistic. And I'm like, yeah. wait, th- those do not mean the same thing. Not even close. Being a good movie or a great movie is not the same as thinking it's gonna be an okay movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are they grouped together? I want to know the people who buy from uh, Merchoid. I've never even heard of uh, that uh, merchandise maker. Do they make things for like Stranger Things or something? What the fuck do they sell? Because like, I feel like I'm often part of weird like groupings when it comes to merchandise, just because of like my wide range of, of interests. But I'm like, I've never heard of Merchoid. What the fuck do they sell? <laughs> is it just a place where I can buy Funko Pops? Like, what is it? Uh, so many places are right where like if you haven't heard of a storefront you go there like it's just Funko Pops it looks like they sell mostly IP branded random shit um like I see uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Cost Cup um I see uh Dark Mark Door Knocker uh Harry Potter Head Prefect Premium Hogwarts Shoulder Bag I got a uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm doing his sexy pose, you know, Jeff Goldblum um, shirt open, but as a rubber ducky. Um, I see the straw hat from from Luffy from One Piece. So yeah, it seems like they sell a lot of random nerd merch. So maybe they are a good place to to get this kind of uh, survey. Interesting that they're like basically like, hey, should we sell some D and D shit? Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's a big market. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, Adam Cooper gave it four stars. It will make you feel ten again. So wow. check out Merchoid, I guess. <laughs> they have a little ticker <laughs> on the top that shows like recent reviews. And that's <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah, interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to go see it. A lot of people that were excited to see it were like just burned out from the whole OGL controversy next to the Spelljammer controversy. And they're like, not a lot, like even after they're like, well, even if it's ethical for me to go see it, like I don't feel like I need to do this to, to vote with my wallet anymore. I just don't care anymore. Like they're a little bit burned out on the D&D conversation and it kind of left a bad taste in their mouth. So they're a little bit done. So it's just a little bit disappointing. Like we said, before all this stuff, I was pretty excited about um, watching this movie yeah. and going to see it with a big group of people. But me and Char and a few other people will go have fun seeing it and we'll uh, bring Lissa yeah. in on the iPad. Yeah. And then Lissa can go drag people to see it if she still. Are you. Do you still want to see it on your own, Lissa? Like after all this is. Like all the OGL stuff, stuff is over and like talking about all this stuff. Are you burnt out or do you want to see it? Like, I don't know. I'm. I. I. I want to give give it like a chance because I like what I'm seeing but also I'm thinking of just doing what I did with Pirates of the Caribbean I, I'll wait until the third movie comes out and I'll <laughs> watch all three man that is a disappointing journey if you watch like, if you haven't seen any Pirates of the Caribbean you watch the first one you're like holy fuck this is worth waiting for this was amazing and then you watch Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and you're like oh no <laughs> The second one, the third one is where I, it lost me. The second one, I'm like, okay, I like this one still. It just was not as good, right? Like, you're like, okay, I see what they did there, but not not nearly as good. And you watch Pirates of Caribbean 3, you're like, oh, that's bad. And you watch Pirates of Caribbean 4, and you're like, oh, wow, this could get worse. I didn't think it could. And then you watch Pirates of Caribbean 5, and you're like, I can't believe they made a fifth movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm torn. Like, I like the idea of it, and I like supporting... Because I do like D and D, but I do not like Wizards of the Coast at the moment, and I do not, I definitely don't like Hasbro. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I'm gonna think on it, and I have no rush to watch it. Like, they're not gonna lose that much if I don't go, go watch it. You know, right. at my movie theater, like. It. I'm I'm worried. Yeah, I'm I'm worried that you guys are now entering the boat that I and a lot of my friends have been in for a long time when it comes to a bunch of other fandoms. Like, say Transformers. Hasbro has held Transformers hostage for years, right? Like, like if you don't like Hasbro but you like Transformers, you're fucked, right? Like, you don't like those movies? Well, you're not getting other ones, you know. Um, they also own Power Rangers, so they hold a lot of that stuff hostage. Ghostbusters merch exclusively through hasbro there's a lot of things where like they make some really cool stuff and some really terrible decisions so like you gotta like take with the good with the bad so it's it sucks to see them doing it to yet another property um but uh i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i think the the movie will be fun hopefully we'll get a whole expansive universe Pro probably not if people stop playing uh Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe we'll get a Cobalt Press Black Flag uh, movie uh, in a few years. People will be really excited about that, right? Yeah, probably. I, what is the setting, right? I just like, is it going to be a different setting? Give me something to be interested in. I don't know. Until then, play GURPS, play Cortex, play Genesis. They're all generic. You can put whatever you want in there. That's the trick. Wow. Wow. 
Um, anyways, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Cave Tales podcast. If you like this, you can head on over to campingkillcreations.com, find all of our other podcasts and other media over there. You can uh, support us over on patreon.com slash creations. Drop a buck or two. You get early content, bonus content, lots of cool stuff out there, like Sharday's lore rewrites for Dungeons & Dragons, all the problematic shit that we talk about on here. Shard is working very, very slowly to make it less problematic. <laughs> One creature or goddess at a time. Uh, what's this month, Shar? Lol. Lol. You gotta say it like, like a little bit of like a thing in your throat. Lol. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> I do the art for those. Listen to us layouts. It's a good time. Go check that out. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can do so. Creations at gmail.com. Leave the apostrophes out of that. There's no apostrophes in email addresses. Come on, people. I've had a couple people <laughs> go to the, the submit, like the contact form on the website, which you can also do if you want to contact us, saying that the email doesn't work. And I was like, I hate to tell you, the, the email works fine. Uh, um so not to throw any shade there if you don't want to fuck around with email or submit forms you can go over to twitter can't be kill no no well can't be kill pod will get you in contact with us but um <laughs> but cave trolls pod at uh yeah, at cave trolls pod that's how twitter works i know i'm yeah, not 100 yeah. um <laughs> she can contact us over on twitter um i'm at resident steve on twitter twi- on twitter on twitter <laughs> Oh man, uh, do you smell popcorn? I smell popcorn. <laughs> um, at Resident Stevel on Twitter, and you can find all of the stuff I write as T.S. Luther, wherever comic books are sold. Uh, Lisa, where can the people find you online? Well, you can find me on Instagram as at Slovenly Trolls, or I am the face behind the mysterious and partially non-active Cave Trolls pod Twitter. <laughs> listen we don't we don't talk about the lack of tweets okay that's uh that's that's for our media department um to, to listen, deliberate twitter twitter is hard and very intimidating listen i'm not talking shit i don't run it like you don't listen if you weren't the, <laughs> the face behind it you'd just be going the one that tw- that terry never fucking tweets from so <laughs> it's all good um charlie where can the people find you I am the best host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast, where we talk about slander and slander <laughs> and trying to make it better. Um, and we, you know, post an episode once a month. And I also run the I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter, who is much more active on Twitter. But every time I tweet, it takes a bit more of my soul. So at what cost, really? And that's at Slovenly Trolls. It's like a Horcrux situation, right? Like, how much do you really have left? <laughs> not a lot after being on Twitter for all of this crap. <laughs> not a lot. Let me tell you, it's in slippers. I keep trying to block Elon Musk, and then he keeps popping up on my feed again. And I'm like, I blocked oh my you. God, don't even. <laughs> I also you can't. You him. can't. You can't, can't block him. him. I can't. I can't. He's fucking everywhere. He's everywhere. He's a cockroach. I. That's a very good way to describe him. Anyways, um, this has been the Cave Trolls, and we're out. It's done recording. You can start swearing now if you want to. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.